The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to jump straight into it. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same again because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, and um, today we're starting a brand new series. We're going to be talking about, uh, the, the title of my series is Home Improvements, and we are going to be talking about uh, how to experience uh, the grace of uh, godly families. Amen. There is a grace for godly families, and uh, before we even get into today's teaching, uh, there is an onslaught. Satan has launched an onslaught uh, against marriages, uh, because marriage is the foundation uh, of any community. If you can destroy uh, the union between a man and a woman, you can literally destroy uh, the community. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at uh, the grace of functioning in a marriage or the grace of flourishing in a marriage. And some of you may say, but I'm not married. Well, if you're planning to get married, you're going to certainly learn uh, uh, something from what we're going to be sharing today. And some of you may say, well, I'm done with marriage. Well, if you listen, uh, you'll be able to take something to help somebody else uh, who may be in a crisis in their marriage. Amen. So there's always something to learn. Amen. And so let's go quickly to Genesis chapter number 2. We're going to read from verse 18 to 24. Genesis chapter number 2 from verse uh, 18 uh, to 24. I truly believe uh, that you have a 100% chance of uh, succeeding uh, in your marriage uh, if you do it God's way. Amen. There's a hundred percent chance of succeeding if you do it God's way. God is the original creator of marriage, and uh, He set out laws in motion. And when you begin to do marriage according to the laws that God set out in motion, man, you can be successful. And though for those of you uh, who, who may have gone through a divorce, my prayer for you this morning is that your next marriage uh, be your last one. Amen. Uh, that when you get into that, you will know exactly what to do. And how many of you know that our God is a God of restoration? It doesn't matter what happened in the past, man. God can restore you and uh, you can experience uh, heaven on earth in your marriage here in the earth. Amen. And so Genesis chapter number 2 from verse 18 to 24, says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help uh, meet. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam 
to see what he, Adam, would call them. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to cattle, uh, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. Uh, but for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. So even the animals had companionship, but Adam didn't have companionship. And the Lord God caused a man uh, to fall into a deep sleep, uh, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto, uh, unto the man and Adam said this is now born of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. So, uh, you know, if you read, I'm going to major mostly uh, 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 on verse 24 and 25. And if you read verse 24 and 25, you, you begin to see what I like to call the laws of a healthy, flourishing marriage. So our prayer is that you, you get into a healthy, uh, flourishing marriage. Amen? There is a difference between just kind of sticking around uh, because, after all, uh, you know, I say till death do us part, and actually enjoying it and enjoying a flourishing marriage. Amen? And what we see in verse 24 and 25 is the laws that govern a flourishing marriage. Amen? Amen? We don't ever want any of you in here under the sound of my voice to get to a place where you're now just saying, you know what, at this point, I'm just say, staying for Alan Twana. You know, there's nothing else I'm staying for, right? And the only reason I'm here for, I'm just sticking it out for the kids. We don't want you to ever get to that place because that was not God's original intent uh, when he gave the gift of marriage. The gift of marriage is to bring fulfillment. It is to bring excitement. It is to be, it's, it's something that's to be enjoyed. And when you do it right, marriage will move from one level of glory to the, another every single year. It will keep getting better. But when you do it wrong, it also starts progressing in the opposite direction. It's a downward spiral. But thank God we have the word of God. We can stop the downward spiral and start going back up again. Can I get an amen? And so here we see what I like to call the laws of a flourishing uh, marriage. And uh, I call them laws not from a, a legalistic perspective. You know, the laws of Moses. I call them the laws. And uh, the word law there is used as a guiding principle of a thing. You know, just like the law of gravity. Uh, we know that what goes up must come down. It doesn't matter what it is. It must come down. You know why? Because of gravity. And that's the guiding principle that we are talking about. If you go on the good side of gravity, you can benefit from it. If you violate gravity, I don't care who you are. If you walk off a tall building, then you're going down. Amen? And so we don't want you to walk off the tall building of marriage. We want you to operate within the right confines and uh, put these principles into action so that you can be fulfilled in your marriage. Amen. So before we get into uh, the laws of marriage, uh, one thing I want to just uh, bring up uh, uh, right from the start is that marriage is a covenant. It is not a contract. Amen. So when we start talking about uh, marriage, marriage is a covenant. 
It is not a contract. So, and someone may say, what's the difference uh, between a covenant uh, and a contract? You enter into a contract to protect your rights. And there is limited liability in contracts. You enter into a contract to protect your rights. But you enter into a covenant to give up your rights. Someone say amen. Amen. <laughs> And so when you and I went into a covenant with Jesus, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, uh, We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became what? Poor, so that we through that might become rich. That's a covenant. Jesus came into a covenant relationship with you and I, and with that he gave up his covenant rights so that we could benefit from it so uh, marriage is a covenant it is not a contract we're going to go more into detail as we progress so the first law of a successful flourishing marriage that we see in genesis chapter number 2 verse 24 says this therefore shall a man leave someone say leave it says, therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. What's interesting about God having this conversation or giving this instruction to Adam is that God is talking about mother and father, but Adam does not have a mother or a father. Both Adam and Eve were the first human beings without a belly button. Because they didn't have a father or a mother. Amen? But God is bringing up an interesting principle or law of marriage. And so all of a sudden he brings up this concept of father and mother. And he says the first principle you ought to uh, engage in if you're going to be successful at marriage is to leave your father and your mother. And I like to call this law the law of priority. The word leave in Hebrew is the word azab, A-Z-A-B, which means to loose or relinquish. When God said man must leave, it means to relinquish that position of priority that used to be occupied by his parents and relinquish now that priority or that position to his wife or husband. So what we are talking about in the law of priority is when you get married, the first thing you ought to do is to reprioritize. I know I'm going to get little amens today. But this is good preaching. The first thing you ought to do if you're going to have a successful... Remember, we're talking about not just staying for... Avantuana, we're talking about having a good time in your marriage. We're talking about a marriage made in heaven. Hallelujah. And we're saying if you're going to experience that, the first thing you have to do, particularly the brothers, this one goes to the man, the first thing you're going to have to do is to prioritize. This is what your priority list should look like. It always starts with God, right at the top. And number two is going to be your wife. Or your husband. And number three is going to be your children. And number four is going to be your work. Your business. 
uh, your ministry. Uh, your, your assignment from God. So essentially, your number one assignment is your wife or your husband. If you're going to be successful at it, you can't have work up here and your wife down here. Well, you can, but you're not going to be very successful in marriage. Amen? And so here, when scripture says, uh, Then shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall, be cle- shall cleave or shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, that word leave means to reprioritize. When we fail to reprioritize, we end up creating an environment of jealousy. And jealous means intolerant of rivalry or unfaithfulness. So if you mess it up and you don't reprioritize, uh, uh, you, so you, you know, I, I was going to say your in-laws come after you over here. They're over here, your in-laws. Now, if you make the mistake of taking this and moving it to over here, there's, you're going to create an environment of, of jealousy, right? And once you create that environment of jealousy, uh, the person, your spouse, is going to become jealous of we, whatever is competing uh, for a space that rightfully belongs to her. And this is what I wrote down. If you allow anything, no matter how good or important, to take time, energy, commitment, that rightfully belong to your spouse, you are violating God's design for marriage and the law of priority. And when you create this environment of jealousy, it's not a good environment to function from. Amen? So, in marriage, you're going to have to start prioritizing each other. It's the first law. You're going to have to start prioritizing each other over your work. You're going to have to start prioritizing each other over your business, ministry. You know, I'm called uh, to pastor, and I also have an itinerant uh, ministry. What that means is I get to travel and preach all over the world, and I get invites uh, flooding in. And, and, and some of you may be shocked with this, but I've had to turn down many, many, many tons of invites because they would violate this law, this prioritization that we're talking about. Is it great to preach the gospel? Yes, it is. Is it uh, Something that God has called us to do, yes it is, but over here on the list of priorities. Ministry does not mean your relationship with God. There's a difference. Amen? So what my wife and I did was we sat down and I said, honey, you see, the world is calling and I'm supposed to be preaching all over the world in all these different places, uh, but I know my number one ministry out here on the earth, outside of my relationship with God, is my wife. And so I can't be a husband who is always away, even though it's something important and it's something good because I'm messing up the priority list. So your number one priority is your spouse. Man, this should get you to think hard whether you want to get married or not. 
Those of you who are not married and those of you who are married, this should get you to think hard. When you get home, you're going to have to fix some things and rearrange some stuff. There is a time to work. The Bible says he who does not work must also not eat, but there is also a time to spend time with your wife. When you mix it up and it's all jumbled up, man, you're going to miss uh, a great opportunity to have a marriage that's flourishing. So we have to reprioritize uh, our lives. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two, the law of cleaving. He says, then shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave to his wife. Before we even tell you what this law is, um, um, let me go back a little bit and talk about leaving. Let me uh, reprioritization. Uh, let me go back and talk about that a little bit. Uh, There's some things I listed here. Men usually fail in the trap of not reprioritizing work. You know, men usually get consumed in their work that they fail to reprioritize uh, uh, th according to this list. They also fail uh, in, in, in reprioritizing uh, their friends. You know, there are some men who still want to hang out with the boys, even though they are married. Amen? Listen, when you get married, you have a, a new the boys. <laughs> Amen? I mean, I used to hang out with the boys, but once I got married, I learned that my wife was now my best friend. And my wife is my best friend. Amen? And so I have to uh, prioritize it. You also have to uh, prioritize your wife over your hobbies. Listen, your friends come way down over here, number 56, friends. Amen? Amen? That's where they come, way down over here. And if you don't learn how to, in fact, some, some people uh, fail to prioritize friends. And for me, when I got married to my wife, I failed to prioritize video games. Man, I'm telling you, video games almost ruined my marriage. Video games. PS5. FIFA. This is what I would do. I would come back from work and I would switch that thing on. And man, I would start playing. And sometimes you're playing on the internet. You're playing with someone in England. And they have this little headset and a microphone. And they're talking to you. I mean, they're talking trash. And if you're as competitive as most men are, man, you're getting stirred up. You're like, man, you can't talk to me that way. And then you want to play another game. You want to play another game. And then you make a commitment to yourself. This one is the last one. And then before you know it, you check the watch, it's already 3.30 in the morning. And so I prioritize video games over spending time with my wife. And in, from my perspective, it was starting to affect our relationship, our, the quality of our relationship. So you know what I did? I took this thing out of the house. And I promised myself never to touch a console again, a joystick. Amen? Because you have to make some sacrifices to commit to your relationship and to your spouse. So I kicked this thing out. Man, I promise you, Christmas, I know exactly what I want for Christmas 2020. It's the new PS5. But I can't. You know why? Because it's going to hinder how the relationship flourishes. That's just me. For some of you, it can be business. For some of you, it can be your hobbies. It could be golf. It could be fishing. It could be... There's so many things that we get involved in that ends up being a, a rivalry 
uh, to your spouse. End up being a competitor to your spouse. So I'm not saying live a bland, a boring life, but what I'm saying is you always have to remember your priority list. In other words, if you have 100 rand, this is the priority list. If you have 24 hours, this should be the priority list. Amen? Amen. Making sense? So your spouse is your number one priority. Well, ladies also fall into the same trap of not reprioritizing number one, children. How many of you know that when God blesses you with children, they are not to replace your spouse? Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get many. Today, man, I wonder if anyone brought amens today. They fail to reprioritize children. Children must always stay at number three. Your spouse is your number one ministry. And so women, when they have their first child, second child, man, it's over with. You're not getting any more attention. But here's the deal. We need to be intentional about uh, 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 prioritizing each other. Amen. Amen? Remember when you were dating, I mean, you would always prioritize each other. Always. I mean, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend was number one on the list. In fact, when they came to shop at your store, you made sure that everything was clean. You know, the windows were clean. You put the real nice uh, 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 the mannequin. Is that what they call them? Mannequin? Those, those mannequin with clothes, nice clothes. You put the right stuff right at the front. And when they came in, they said, do you have this? You'd run at the back and bring it and say, yes, we do have this. And then she says, what size? and then you'd go and get another I mean you were working hard and now that you got the girl you got the husband now when they come to the store and say do you have this they say ah go find it yourself <laughs> the food is in the fridge there <laughs> we're no longer serving we're no longer a priority and here's the challenge with now prioritizing children and not each other is that your focus uh, begins to both go onto the children. And it destroys this connection here. And once this connection is destroyed, when the children, after about 18 or 19 years, these days, 20 years, 20 years they move out to go to university, when they go to university and it's just the two of you, you look at each other and not know what to do with each other. (laughs) Who's this? Who's that? What you doing here? In fact, I know some people that are in their 80s who can't talk to each other as husband and wife. They still talk through their children. Say, ah, you must see what your husband, what your father did. And then the, 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 the husband is saying, you must see what your mother did. The wife is saying, you must see what your father did here. And they're calling someone in America because they just can't talk to each other. Because they failed to keep this alive. Amen? So what we're talking about is going to help you keep this alive. What we're talking about will uh, keep the chemistry going. And this is where God wants you to be. Let me show you where God wants you to be. God wants you and your spouse to be soulmates. But if you don't keep the priorities in check, you can quickly... Uh, 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 deteriorate to role mates. To where the only time you communicate, you're just talking about the roles. Hello? Did you pay for that thing? 
Hello, did you pick up the children? Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Someone knows what I'm talking about. It's no longer, hey, honey, I just called to say I love you. I just called to say how much I care. I just called to say, I love. I need your Z to come and hit that note. I love. Just because you point upwards doesn't mean your voice is going to. I love. So you can deteriorate to romance too. The only time you talk is, you know, talking about roles. And if you're not careful, this can further deteriorate to roommates. Oh, man, that's probably way down there. <laughs> you need a get-out-of-jail card. <laughs> like, man. Oh, man. Oh, those who are watching online, someone said cellmates down here. I didn't have it on my notes, but I might just add it. So roommates, roommates simply means now there's no connection at all. I mean, it's a mess now. You have your own leftovers in the fridge and you put a name tag on them. <laughs> Tafara, this one, don't touch this one, this one. I mean, now this is, yeah, this is a mess. But here's the deal is that God has called us to function here. He wants us to be soulmates. And if we're going to be soulmates, we need to continue to still prioritize each other. Ladies, your husband is the king of the castle. When he comes home, man, treat him like he is the king of the castle. You are his number one cheerleader. Amen? Amen. You know, when, when people give you all the nice uh, china, the nice cutlery and so on and so forth, and you want to put it away in the display to use for when the visitors come, that's not reprioritization. You should use the good stuff for your husband, right? You should use the good stuff for your husband over here your, or your wife and then when the visitors come here number 57 that's when you take out the plastic <laughs> but we tend to mess it up right we only want to cook the best meal when the fre 56 I mean you should make the best meal when you are with each other so we're talking about reprioritization, and if we're not constantly thinking about these things, we can just forget about each other and, uh, you know, miss this law of reprioritization, the law of priority. Number two, after you cleave, he said you must also what? Cleave. He says, then shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So cleave is the law of pursuit. The word cleave means to pursue with great energy, to cling to something zealously. When it's all summed up, it simply means to serve each other. So when the Bible says to cleave, it's talking about serving each other's needs. Amen? Amen. Marriage is not a give and take relationship. Marriage is a give and give. 
And this is why while I'm preaching, I know some of you uh, married people are already thinking what you're going to say to your husband or your wife when you get in the car. Did you hear what the pastor said? You're missing the point. Amen. What you should be listening to is what you should be doing. So this sermon is directed at you. You know, sometimes you sit in church and you say, I know exactly who needs this one. No, this one is for you. Amen? This one is for you. To cleave means to serve. You know, I don't like sushi. But every Monday, I have to go with my wife uh, to the sushi half price because she likes sushi. I have to sacrifice everything to sit there and eat sushi. I don't like it, but I just have to go. What am I doing? I am making a commitment. I'm making a commitment to do something that she likes so that I can serve her needs. And while doing that, I'm making a sacrifice. Amen? Amen. And that's what we should do in a functional relationship. I don't like going for, for, for a massage. I don't like it. To, to be honest with you, I think it's a waste of money and time. <laughs> to be honest with you. But my wife likes it. And she likes to do the, 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 uh, uh, the double thing, the, the couple's massage. She likes to do the couple's massage. And so they get both of you in there, Raymond. You go both of you in there. And the first thing, <laughs> the first thing they tell you when you go in there is take off all your clothes and they give you a robe. <laughs> I don't know if I'm selling a massage. But I'm telling you, man, it's not a comfortable place to be. I said, take off everything. They said, everything. I said, no, I, nah, nah, I'm going to keep my shorts. So I kept my shorts, you know, my denim shorts. And I went in there and they started giving us a massage and massage. And I mean, they caught me off guard. See, I'm ticklish. So I'm starting to fall into sleep. And then they started massaging under my feet. Man, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> and it was a lady from Thailand, so she doesn't speak English. So I'm saying, stop, I'm she thinks I'm saying more. <laughs> I'm, she's going in. And my wife is like, man, you're disturbing the mood. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious to me. But here's the point. The point is you always have to sacrifice to do what you know your spouse or your husband likes in pursuing them because you're still pursuing them or in serving them. Amen? I said amen. And so, you and I always have to serve each other. Now, here are some four areas you can begin to serve uh, your wife. Uh, they recorded these as the four major needs for women. Notice I said four major needs. I didn't say four major ones. These are not, you know, it's, yeah, it would be a nice to have. These are needs. These are like breathing oxygen. If you don't give her these brothers, we're going to start with the brothers. If you don't give her these brothers, uh, the marriage is not going to flourish. Here's how you can serve your wife uh, to get a flourishing uh, marriage. Number one, you must serve her with security. And this is what I wrote down. Knowing her needs and desires will be met in a faithful manner by a sacrificial and sensitive husband. She wants to know this, that her needs are going to be met in a faithful manner by a sacrificial and sensitive husband. What does the word faithful mean? It means a trustworthy husband. It means a dependable husband. It means a loyal husband, loyal to her and not loyal to uh, work or to his own needs. 
loyal to her and honest husband. Amen? Amen. Marriage works well when we realize we have to serve each other and sacrifice everything. Marriage is brutal. Did I say brutal? Marriage is brutal for selfish people. Oh, my word. Marriage is brutal for selfish people. It will destroy you. The environment of marriage is meant for selfless people. It is meant for people who are ready to sacrifice everything and serve. Can I get an amen? amen? And so she wants you to be faithful. She wants you to be trustworthy. And I might add, gentlemen, trust is earned. Trust is not enforced. You can't just show up and say, yeah, you see, now you must trust me. No, 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 dude. You have to earn it. I know we are a grace church. We preach that God relates to you by grace. He does, but your wife relates to you by performance. Amen. Can I get an amen, ladies? Amen. <laughs> amen. Man, you have to earn her trust. Can't be clowning around, talking about don't touch my phone and doing all the things that they do. Switch off your phone. You don't know where you are or you're just somewhere in between. Play. I mean, you're just messing up this thing that God has blessed you with. Is this helpful? Amen. Number two, she, uh, you can serve her. Uh, a major need, number two, is open and honest communication. Amen. It's a need. It's not a want. She's looking for an open uh, and honest communication. A wife wants unhindered access to her husband's thoughts, feelings, through loving, patient, and regular communication. So this communication has to be, has to be filled with empathy. Amen? From you see, when she comes and she tries to bring up something uh, to you that's uh, bothering her, you can't just say, ah, leave me alone. In fact, men have a very uh, uh, small EQ. You know, when their brain tilts, the only thing they can think of is to get angry, to chase her away. Yeah, let me just get angry. Let me get more angry. Let me get more, more angry. She's going to leave me alone. No, what you need to be giving to her is an open and honest communication. We're talking about cleaving, right? Number three, none Sexual affection, feeling loved and cared for as a whole, not just for sex. Number four, leadership. Having a husband who is the loving initiator of the well-being of the marriage and the family. So the husband has to be uh, the loving initiator of the well-being of the marriage and the family. Parenting is caught and not taught. If we're going to raise children uh, that are godly, that are going to function well in this covenant of marriage, we have to lead by example, not by instruction. Because children are watching us more than they are listening to us. Can I get an amen? So you have to lead them. You have to lead them in showing them that this is how things work in marriage. I remember uh, I have two girls and I remember the one time I walked in on them and they were talking to uh, my, my wife uh, being rude and just saying no and she was trying to send them. I mean it was back and forth and I called for a meeting. I said okay I want to see you guys uh, in my room. So they came to the room and I sat them down and I said okay guys let me tell you something. I should never, ever, ever catch you. If I ever catch you talking to my wife that way, there's going to be some consequences and repercussions. Well, I didn't use that word, but I just said, <laughs> I, 
If I tell you the real word I use, the social services might come and try to get me. I said it's going to be a belt working up in here. I'm going to use the belt up in here. And so uh, we understood each other, and, you know, we went away. And then uh, a few uh, weeks later, my older one came running to me, and she says, Dad, you don't want to know what Tanaya did to your wife. <laughs> and I said, yeah, finally she gets it. She's my wife. She's mine, okay? And so you have to lead that way in your home. Your children have to know that mommy is important, daddy is important. Amen. And so the four needs of a man are if you're going to serve your husband uh, to get a flourishing uh, marriage. Ladies, if you're writing down notes, here's how you can serve uh, your husband. Number one, with honor and respect. Men would actually be respected than loved. Amen. They just want some respect. You know that song? That's all he wants. Respect and honor. Being talked to, this is what honor and respect looks like, being talked to and treated with dignity as though he is believed in and valued. Listen to this. You are your, num your husband's number one cheerleader. Amen. 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 Number two, you can serve your husband's uh, uh, need of S-E-X. And we're going to move on uh, right quickly. Number three, uh, <laughs> friendship. <laughs> Having his wife as his best friend and doing enjoyable things together on a regular basis. And number four, so your husband is looking for friendship. He's also looking for you to uh, join uh, him on the uh, little four-by-four four, uh, uh, off-road things that he likes to do, fishing. He's looking for, for friendship. He's looking for uh, companionship. He's just not looking for uh, 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 criticism. God hasn't called uh, any of us to the ministry of criticism. He has called us to the ministry of encouragement. Amen. Amen. And so if you're going to minister to your husband, I truly believe uh, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a friend, a genuine friend. Listen to him, see what he likes, uh, join in and, you know, support and do things uh, together. Number four, here's how you can uh, also minister to your uh, husband's needs. is domestic support. Having a wife who focuses on the needs of the home. It's going to be very important for us to keep these needs at the top of our head as we, uh, 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 you know, uh, venture into the uh, adventure of trying to uh, uh, have uh, flourishing, godly uh, uh, marriages that are made in heaven. We have to be intentional about it. Amen? So just a recap. Number one, you have to reprioritize everything. Number two, you have to pursue each other. Did that bless you? Yeah. Well, why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Before we close, we just want to pray for all the husbands and wives that are under the sound of my voice, every marriage under the sound of my voice. We want to just pray for you. We want to just pray that that spark, uh, that, that fire, uh, that, 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 that love uh, that got you to be together, that got you connected, uh, that got you married, uh, may be revived. Amen? We want to pray that you may go back to those days where you could just sit and stare at each other for hours upon hours. Amen. 
Amen. Because you loved each other, you admired each other. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit may begin to just uh, bring uh, those things and make those things come alive. For those who may uh, say, hey, Pastor T, my marriage right now uh, was going uh, uh, in the wrong direction. It's on a downward spiral uh, towards divorce. We want to arrest that spirit. We're going to reverse that downward spiral and we release uh, uh, the spirit of God into your marriage that it may be revived and start working and start thriving again not just to survive but to thrive in the covenant of marriage amen and so as we pray we want to ask every uh, a man uh, and, and every woman whose spouse is here to go find them and hold their hand as we pray <laughs> some of you haven't held hands in, in 20 years we're going to get you to yeah. <laughs> We're going to get you to hold hands, so go find your spouse, go find your husband, and, and hold hands as we pray together. We want to pray for you guys. We want to pray a blessing uh, over you guys. We want to pray uh, that the Holy Spirit may do a work that he only can do. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just thank you for every marriage under the sound of my voice. Right now, we release the grace of godly marriages over them. Lord, everything we discussed today, may it be a seed in their hearts. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that there is a, a rekindling of, of, of the, the love fire in their hearts. There is a rekindling of the, the, the desire to want to pursue each other again in their hearts. There is a desire, a rekindling of a fire to reprioritize uh, each other again. Father, we just thank you this morning uh, that these marriages are blessed. Amen. In the name of Jesus, that these unions are blessed. We speak against any spirit of separation in the name of Jesus. We speak against uh, big egos in these marriage relationships. Uh, we release a spirit of humility. We release uh, a servanthood attitude in these marriages. Lord, we just thank you, Father, uh, that these fires are going to be rekindled again. They're going to want to serve each other. They're going to want to spend time uh, with each other again. Lord, we just thank you, and we give you all the praise, and we call them blessed, blessed, blessed. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, and someone said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. <laughs>